Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. <laughs> and welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in. Episode 281 of the Big Show, some enforcer-based podcasting coming at you, brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. How's everybody doing out there? The Wild Sunday. I was going to say Super Bowl Sunday, but it's not. That's next Sunday. So, no big game today. You're stuck with me. <clears throat> well, it's not just me. I have a guest today, folks. Uh, yes, Francois Morissette has joined me from Quebec, and we are going to talk about all things LNAH and uh, the AAA Senior League. Seldom talked about, and Francois is going to give us a crash course in that, and, and uh, the Brashear incident that everyone's talking about. Uh, he was, uh, we're, he's right in the middle of all of that. He's, he is our, uh, he, he'll be our Quebec, uh, fourth line voice, uh, correspondent. Actually, it was pretty good. Uh, last night, um, of course, Derek Parker and Curtis Swanson, uh, were flown in and dressed for the Laval team and, uh, shenanigans ensued and, uh, in both nights on, uh, on Thursday and Friday, and uh, Francois was at both games and was putting up video and keeping everyone uh, abreast of the situation. And, oh, Derek Parker, did he truck Patrick Bordalo? Oh, so, uh, yeah, check that out. Good to see Swanson back at her, even though he got, got cut in, the, in a fight with uh, Amel. Uh, he was back the next night, not slowing down. You need a bat to slow him down. But he was there, tremendous. Great to see uh, uh, Swanson back in Laval, back in the old stomping grounds. So, so yeah, it was uh, Francois was a great guest. I recorded with him the other night, with the other day, and uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun and uh, actually talked a long time. Like, geez, I think two hours or something. So uh, I am going to keep this very brief because folks didn't tune in to hear me. Um, 
Well, first off, as I said, I'm a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. Uh, 50 shows in the network. All the NHL teams are represented. Whatever team you're a fan of, there's a show for you. Of course, we've got Alec over at the Five for Fighting podcast. Uh, check his show out. Tremendous back catalog. Segroy, Rob Ray, Frank Fialois. Um A little slow with the new episodes. He's got a lot going on, but uh, he'll, he'll get one out. But definitely give it a follow. Like I said, great back catalog. Of course, we've got Joe, Joe Lazito over at the Nordique's Knuckles podcast. Obviously, as this, as just as it sounds, a Quebec Nordique-centered podcast. He just released part three with Dave Marcinition. A salty old blue liner. Big fan of uh, Marcinition. And uh, Joe does a great job. And uh, he just started this podcast up a few months back. Um, he had Trevor Steenberg on, Ken McRae, Dave Marcinition so far. Um, oh, my, my voice is wavering. Hold on here, folks. I don't get it. I, like It's like I don't cough all day. As soon as I get behind the microphone and start talking, yeah, it's like my throat starts like closing up or something. But <clears throat> So pardon me. But uh, yes, Jolton Joe. And then I've, uh, oh, a, a new cat on the scene, Jordan, five in a game. He is also a member of the Hockey Podcast Network. And uh, he's been doing great work. Um, just starting out, had already had great guests, Lies on, Ryan Hand, uh, on and on. Um, yeah, he also has, uh, well, I was going to say YouTube channel. Speaking of YouTube, of course, uh, five in a game YouTube channel, five for a lot of fives, five for fighting YouTube channel. And, uh, oh, some fourth line voice guy, you can check out his YouTube channel. But like I always say with all these YouTube channels and all these podcasts, well, the other YouTube channel is of course D skunk D the letter D skunk, um, he uh, he uploads. Uh, see my boy, my boy. What is my deal? God, stop and start. Stop and start. Pardon, pardon me. Um, he uploads SPHL fights as well as he uh, he's had the channel for like over a decade, so it goes back to like the old IHL, UHL days and Quad City and all that stuff. And uh, definitely check out his uh, go down that rabbit hole because he's got some awesome videos. Uh, but what I was going to say with the YouTube channels and and the on the podcasting platforms, um, I know I always say it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna repeat it all the time. Um, as listeners, that's all. As creators, that's all we ask from you. You you know we're we're giving you free stuff here. You can just do something for us. If you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you watch a video and you like it, hit the little thumbs up. YouTube loves that shit. Believe me, I'm serious. I'm not just being jokes here. YouTube loves that shit, and it's like an interactive thing. Helps with the analytics. So as creators, we ask if you could help us out with that. If you go to a YouTube channel, and then the same thing with a podcast. Rate and review the show. Again, when I say review, I'm not telling you, oh, it's grade twelve. We need a thousand word essay from you. No, just say good job, liked it, it was okay, whatever. Or don't even you don't even have to write a review. Just hit the star rating. Like I said, the phone's in your hand. Just hit the star rating. That's it. Because again, it helps us out. I'm not just saying just do it for me. For any podcast that you listen to. And like I said, the ones I mentioned, Alec and Jordan and Joe's, myself, or whatever podcast you listen to. I mean, I don't know if Joe Rogan really needs your star rating. I think he'll be okay. But uh, but you know what I'm saying. For the littler shows, it's great for the analytics. Again, the platforms like when we do that. It shows interaction, blah, blah, blah. And like I said, it's the, it's the, the only thing as listeners that we ask you to, if you could do that. It's free. Like I said, you're sitting there listening to it anyway. Boom. If you could rate and review, tremendous. 
I'd, we'd we'd all greatly appreciate it. But also in this episode, uh, when I'm talking to Francois, we also talk about his YouTube channel that he has out. And um, I am going to put the link in the description of this episode. Um, but his channel is FCM Hockey Hockey Videos, and uh, and he has a lot. He has LNH. Well, he has the stuff from last night. He has LNH game because these are the games he attends. But also the Double A League, and you're like, why do I want to watch Double? Oh, believe me, it is old school. We got bench clearing brawls and shit. We got guys fighting trainers. Oh, shit goes down on that Double A, the old Triple A League that uh, that used to happen back in the late '90s in the old QSPHL days. So definitely uh, check that out. Um, so like I said, I'm going to put the link in the description. Check it out while we're talking. You can watch the videos. Um, again, subscribe to his channel. He'd appreciate it. And um, and actually, and all and another ser- on a serious note here, serious note here, folks. Uh, it's another thing that uh, Francois and I talked about. But uh, the uh, unfortunate uh, David Lacroix, tough guy in the uh, in the LN- for a long time tough guy in the LNH, unfortunately has been uh, diagnosed with stage four cancer, and um, they started up a GoFundMe. And, uh, if, and if, uh, if, if you can give, that's tremendous. And, uh, I'm just going to, I'm going to put the link in the description as well. And, uh, it, you know, if you could, uh, if any donations are great, if you could share the link, that would be tremendous, but I'm going to put that in the descriptions as well. If you, uh, if you want to check that out. So, uh, like I said, we talk about all that and, uh, and, uh, yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Dan and, uh, Fred, oh, I think I, we referenced the group a few times. It's the Enforcer Appreciation Group, uh, on Facebook. Uh, feel free to join. Um, Francois and myself are like, and, uh, and Alec, uh, Alec was the one that created the page and, uh, created the group. And, uh, Francois and myself are moderators as well as a few other folks. Um, yeah, and he does a lot of great work in the group. Is always uploading videos and stuff. So when I, we talk about the group, that's what we're talking about. So uh, it's not some exclusive club. You can come join. It's cool. I mean, a lot of cool members, a lot of great discussions. That's where a lot of my, that's where, I mean, any long time listener, you're probably all members of it anyway. But when I'm talking about, oh, I was on the Facebook group. That's what group I'm talking about. Uh, that and the Hockey Fights and Brawls. Those are the two Facebook groups that I'm a part of. Um, William Chippeway was former guest from Winnipeg. I had William back on the show. Um, the hockey fights and brawls. He was the one that uh, got me going on that group, and uh, and then the enforcer group with it, which is Alex's. Um, so yeah, if you guys are on, I think everyone in the world's on Facebook, are they not? Uh, join the groups. It's cool. Um, a lot of great discussion. A lot of cool pictures, vids, and videos are shared, and uh, yeah, it's it's a good time. Uh, well, for the most part, I mean, I yell and holler at people sometimes for idiots, but they don't, if you're an idiot, you're not going to last too long in the group. We'll just boot you. So yeah, we try to keep it. Uh, I mean, there's nothing wrong with debates and some, some back and forth, but yeah, the, the trolls and the goofs, no, they don't last long. So, uh, so yeah, but definitely check out the group. I think you'll dig it, but, uh, let's get into this. Um, got a couple interviews lined up for next week. Um, or for this week coming up, I guess it's Sunday that you're listening to this, uh, the week coming up, hopefully, uh, you know, it, it works out and I think they will be fun. And, uh, and the Mount Rushmore, I have not forgot if you have still, uh, want to participate, uh, send me an email, hockey fights at hotmail.com. Um, send me your Mount Rushmore. Uh, yeah. And it's just as it sounds of, 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 of what you're going to, I should clarify. Um, I'm doing all the NHL teams, Mount Rushmore. So, uh, but please do not use the same guy twice. 
i.e. Probert in Detroit and Chicago, McSorley in Edmonton and L.A., one or the other, please. And, uh, yeah, so it's well, basically the four, who you think are the four toughest guys on each team's, in each team's history. Um, obviously excluding Vegas and Seattle because, you know, what's the point? But uh, other than that, um, yeah, if it's a little exercise you want to take, if you want to take part in, um, basically I've got, shit, I, I haven't counted them up, but there was over 40 uh, submissions the last time I checked. So I'm going to sit down at some point this week and kind of go over them. Um, just average them out and stuff. And an uh, and episode, maybe next Sunday's episode, will be the Mount Rushmore episode. And uh, I think I'll, I'll grab a cat to uh, help me host that. And uh, and we'll talk about all that. Should be a fun episode. So, But anyway, guys, I'm going to get out of here. Let's, uh, let's attack the work week. I hope everybody starts the week strong. And, uh, yeah, this is my conversation with Francois. I want to thank him again for coming on. He was a great guest. Uh, as I would say, hopefully not the last time he comes on. We'll get him on again. And uh, I had a lot of fun chatting with him. And we talked, like I said, the crazy LNAH and the, and the whole Quebec scene. It's, uh, it's a different hockey world out in Quebec for sure. And it was fun to uh, hear it from a guy that, uh, that lives there and, and has gone through it. So, uh, anyway, guys, without further ado, here's my guest, Francois. And, uh, yeah, folks. Talk to you Wednesday. Thanks, everybody. All right. Here on the Fourth Line Voice, I have a special guest out in Quebec, Francois. Francois, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. What about you, Darren? I'm, I'm doing very well. Thank you very much for uh, for coming on the show. We're gonna we're gonna talk a little of the a little crazy in the LNAH tonight. If you if you're fired up for that. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. Yes, we're gonna. I'm gonna. Uh, I'm tapping your uh, knowledge of the uh, of the Quebec scene, and um, I know a lot of listeners uh, of the show. Um, they know my fondness for the LNAH. You know, the especially in the uh, mid mid two thousands. And uh, I've talked. I've had guys from the league on the show and stuff like that. And uh, it's always it's one of those leagues that's sort of. Uh, um, it's a it well certainly different and I mean as as far as fight fans go, there's always been this like you know this carnival like craziness to the to the Quebec League, um, and we're gonna get into that tonight. But uh, first of all, when uh, where exactly did you grow up in Quebec, and uh, when did you sort of uh, start becoming a fan of the Quebec uh, LNAH League? Yeah, so I grew up in a small town uh, named Brampenville. Uh, so this is, uh, about 10 minutes north of Sherbrooke. Um, and, uh, this is also the hometown of, uh, NHLer Stefan Robida and his, uh, younger brother, Simon Robida, uh, who is, uh, well-known, uh, LNAH guy, uh, at least in Sherbrooke. Yeah. Uh, pretty popular guy. So this is where I grew up. Started playing at three. Uh, and up until I was around 13, 14, I was a big-time hockey player, a defenseman, um, played with uh, the AAA teams of my area, then even like uh, in Montreal or other towns, other cities, and uh, I stopped playing altogether. Around 15, I decided I threw that away, and uh, I did not like it anymore. I don't know why, but um, so in my youth, it was hockey, hockey, hockey. Uh, I was a fan at first of the 
Sugar Beavers in the in the queue. So that's the team we had. And then they moved uh, to Lewiston, Maine. And uh, the, the team that came in to replace them in the Sherbrooke market was uh, Saint-Francois. Like the Saints. All right, I'll call them the Saints. It's a little easier English. So. Yeah. Uh, and from that point on, I think it was first year, my, my father did not want us, did not want me to to see that hockey because, like, yeah, in his mind, it was too much violence and everything. So that first year, we went to Drummondville in the queue. That's a team that had Thomas Belmar on it. And he was my favorite player. He had been drafted for the Blues. I was looking at him all the time. Uh, and I, I think he made me fall in love with the role because that's the first time I saw a guy that was that aimed to the NHL with that role in mind. And uh, so that's the first guy I can remember being an enforcer. I knew I knew there were fights in hockey, but I did not necessarily know that one guy is stronger than another one and this guy does it more often but i saw belmont play and that was that was it for me um so in the the next year we had a lockout in the nhl so fill the void my dad started going to saints games and uh he thought it was all right despite being a circus like uh (laughs) so uh i went there until uh, most games until I'd say I, I, I remember the date exactly. It was December the 6th, uh, 2007 when an incident happened. It went to court and whatnot. I, we can talk about that later in the show, but, uh, I, I could not go anymore. My parents did not approve of me attending these games. So, um, at that time, I, I just, I did not attend any hockey game. I was just watching a game on on TV, uh, and from 2007, 8, up until, I'd say, 2017, 2018, I did not watch anything. Not, uh, I've only watched NHL and a little bit of Q, but not, nothing to get me excited too much. And uh, in 2017, 18, uh, my brother-in-law, well, my, my, he's actually my brother-in-law, but my sister started dating a, a, a player in, in the AAA league who became a coach. Uh, he was assistant coach uh, with Simon Robida. That was the team in Windsor, uh, Windsor PQ. And I, I restarted attending their games with free tickets. They, they convinced me. And it was a love affair ever since for, with me. So <laughs> I've attended all games. Well, it's funny oh, yeah. because that, that's quite a that's quite a stretch where you didn't attend or or pay any attention to the LNAH. Why exactly did you just like drop it? I think there's a part of me that just I dropped hockey altogether. I did not want to think about it, uh, and uh, also when I was watching games, I, when we were in 2010, 20 all the. First half of the 10s, the 2010s, I mean, uh, guys my age were playing in the queue. So I, I was, I was watching them play. And I was more interested. I was not that interested, but I was interested in their careers. Uh, and, uh, so I, when they would be in town, I would 
I would go see a Q, uh, a Q game here and there, but nothing much until it was, I remembered that the MyPro existed. <laughs> so, yeah, and that's when I got the hang of it. Yeah, so your your uh yeah, so your fandom is sort of spaced out from the lockout to uh to uh basically 2018. Well, the lockout, no. Um I'd say 20 uh, I'd say 2008 to 2017. Uh these are like years that I have not followed the league. So I have a pretty clear opinion about how it changed because if you see it change through the years it just changes a little bit and a little bit. But then when you miss like a 10 year or eight, eight seasons in a row. Yeah. Now you, you, you can tell uh, there's a big difference. Well, so, yeah, there's a, well, and that's the, and that's what I've talked about on this show. Right. Because like I had, you know, I had started following it in like Oh one, Oh two or three or four, kind of in that area when it was just, you know, when the, the Chiefs documentary was out and then, and all that sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so the real crazy stuff. Uh, and then to see it now, I mean, not to say that there isn't tough guys in the league, because there are, but nothing like it was at all. No, no. I, for, for me, uh, golden era of LNH is 2006 to 2007. Is that season, in fact? Like, yeah. Uh, that's the season, if I recall correctly, drop your gloves, that, uh, Saint Jean, the Chiefs, you know, they moved to Saint Jean. Yep. They had 315 fights. And the runner up to them was Sherbrooke with 301 or 302 in 48 games. Yeah. Like, this is, this is almost six a game. And the nerd team, they called, they called them the nerd team in Bedford. They had 192. <laughs> I mean, this is just crazy. And that's uh, accounting for, like, the playoffs. It's the whole year. Uh, but, yeah, it's just a crazy amount. The, the hockey was something else. And, and that's just uh, that's how it was. Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it, it, was, uh, it was crazy times for sure. And uh, so, I mean, like, yeah. uh, like that 07, 08 year, that um, yeah, that's what year you just oh seven oh eight, right? Yeah. Well, oh six oh seven, I think, is the one that had the most fights total. Yeah. Um, but oh seven oh eight was just as crazy, probably. So yeah, uh, it's not because Dropper Gloves not around anymore, and they had all this these relevant stats. It was pretty much a database of, of this kind of stuff. But yeah, so I can I, I remember very clearly every player on Sherbrooke uh, these years. Yeah, well, just to give the people listening just an idea, I'm just sort of I'm looking at the Sherbrooke roster for two, the 2006-2007 season, and um, yeah, just to just to throw some names at you, it was like Craig Brunel, Simon Robida, Brad Wingfield, uh, yeah. Louis Bedard. Mike Varhog, yeah, Roger Maxwell, uh, Saint Laurent, Jeff Saint Laurent, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> yeah, that guy, <laughs> yeah, 93, 93 minutes and eleven games. There you go. Yeah, that, those are stats you still see in AAA, though. So that, this is where where we'll get at. 
eventually. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, well, because I definitely want to discuss the... Because um, there's so many... Uh, there's so many different leagues in Quebec, and uh, and uh, yes, we'll definitely get into that. But um, mm-hmm. what ju- just to kind of go over, like just with the roster that I was talking about, um, you know, what what are your memories of uh, Winger and Bedard and Varhog and those guys? Uh, what I can tell is that my favorite player was Bedard. I thought I thought he first like. I always liked the the fact that he he definitely like hockey wise he he has been skilled by the way like but he was an open fighter he uh, most of his fights were entertaining and he had the right attitude I mean sometimes you could hear him uh, shot with uh, I so me and a bunch of other kids we were going to see the player before the game and. You know, this guy is always being chatty with us. We were 10 years old or so. Uh, with, uh, Robida, especially. Robida actually is, uh, uh, even in his career has always worked, uh, he's a teacher. So, uh, he's always, uh, he was always entertaining us. Uh, you know, so Bedard is, is one of my favorites. Um, the other guys that were uh, on these teams, uh, on these rosters, like uh, from I'd say oh five to oh eight, uh, there's guys like Varog. Yep, and that's a uh, that's a blast from the past and a pretty huge individual. Uh, we had a charity game because one of my uh, teammates had cancer and we were like twelve, so this you know it's a big deal. And it was on a Sunday after after a game. Uh, the, the Saints, they, they have like a charity game, uh, with and against us. And, uh, I took the draw. Well, I was a defenseman, but just because I wanted, I took the draw in front of Mike Varog. I was either 11 or 12. This guy is six, eight or something. Yeah. <laughs> this guy is a monster. Uh, yeah, uh, very scary individual. Varog, I, at some time, at some point, um, was uh, in Sherbrooke, and um, there was the RDS TV crew, uh, and uh, the game was on TV, and that's a game in which um, Vara um, fought Derek Parker. It was uh, St. Seac Bank, and uh, that's that's the most brutal KO I've seen in my life uh, that Parker suffered. I mean, it's... It's on, it's on YouTube, I'm pretty sure. Even the TV feed is on YouTube. Yep. Uh, yeah, you can you can see that. Uh, uh, that that was actually scary for me to see because like Parker was out, completely out. But I mean, this it's it was it was that league. I mean, and Parker was uh, an up and coming guy. I think it was the second year. Uh, and people in the stands, right before that fight, there's an old man in the stands that was talking to my dad and said, like, oh, uh, Parker's not as good this season. Like, he wasn't at first. And uh, my dad simply did not care for fights. But, uh, yeah, so uh, but Parker was one of the guys I was the most afraid of uh, uh, in, that, in the league. I thought he was, like, the strongest. So I was afraid for, for Barog. And, and yeah, Parker, uh, God bless him. I, I like him, but in that fight, 
uh, did not go well for him. So that's my highlight. That's the that's the fight I remember the most. Yeah, that yeah that knockout was brutal, and uh, yeah, well, I mean everyone has their day, right? And unfortunately, it uh, yeah, yeah that didn't go well. Um, well, you mentioned it like before. We may as well talk about it now. You had talked you had talked about an incident that happened at the when you were at the game. Um, can yeah. you, can you care to elaborate on that? Yeah, I can. I can tell everything about that. So All right. There's a there's a bench clearing brawl because that's what happens in the LMAA trade, <laughs> and uh, my attention is on some of the fights that are going on. And uh, so it's December the sixth, two thousand seven, and uh, there's that bench clearing brawl. It's Trois-Rivières in uh, in town, and uh, all of a sudden I have a a stick that hits my knee. It's a Blue Mission M2 one-piece stick. These, these one-pieces were special for us back then. It was all, it was uh, mostly wooden sticks. And uh, so I, I was like, yeah, I, was, I, I had a stick on me, so I took it. Then I was with my friend, and we were 13. And I was with my friend, and my friend is bleeding. Got all of his front, to, uh, front teeth. Uh, knocked out, and it's because like the end of the stick came right in his in his mouth and took all of his teeth out. So, and then the the, the fans all around us they jumped us for the stick. So, so we were we were stuck there, and uh, the fans were. There's a guy that that stole the stick from me, and uh, uh, at that point we had no parents there because I guess. Our parents would just drop us at the arena and pick us up uh, at the end. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, my friend with uh, blood pouring all over. And that was it for for me and for him. No more LNAH games. Uh, uh, the new local newscast got a hold of it. And uh turns out that uh, the stick had been thrown by uh, Eric Haley. So that's uh, the coach in the Trois-Rivières. And uh, he, got, he, uh, he pleaded non-guilty, but two, two years after, it turned out that he was declared guilty. And uh, I don't know how, I don't know if he had any type of consequence, but that was it for me in an LMAA drink, uh, <laughs> at least according to my parents. <laughs> so, yeah. A little bit of a black eye on on uh, on the history, but whatever. I mean, this shit happens, I guess. Yeah, there's been some crazy fan incidents in the Quebec League over the year. Uh, over the years, from your experience from going to the games and just, I mean, we'll get into the Double A leagues and all that, but just when you go to those games and the LNAH games that you've been to in general, like set set the mood. Like how how crazy are the fans? Okay, so this is still true in AAA, uh, but that they remind me of the fans back then. So, so when the fans, when you go in into when you went in an LNAH game at that time, um, first of all, it was like eight bucks for an adult and like four bucks for for a, for the kids. So 
Uh, a lot of people went to these games back then. And um, I think uh, also uh, uh, the fans, like, during warm-ups, all they wanted to know is who are the five top guys that this, uh, this, the, this opposing team brought in. And a lot of the times the fans would have conversations about how, like, Uh, whatever team does not bring all of the toughness on the road and they keep it for at-home games and whatnot. And uh, they would argue also or talk about, like, who's the number one guy and the number two guy and who is our number one and our number two. Um, I guess uh, translated into NHL talk that would be heavyweight and middleweight and lightweight. But... For us, it's more like number one, number two, number three. Yep. Um, so, and it, there's there was always sort of a code in the LNAH as like a number one guy was was not going to fight a number four guy or a guy that just cracked up uh, a roster or like there there's some classes like I don't know. There's the main event and the undercard basically. So, yeah, people are talking about that. They're waiting for the fights. They're looking at the r- rosters. And this, I remember in Sherbrooke, the first thought they could see on the, you know, they give you like a sh- uh, piece of paper with all the players on it. Yep. And the first thought you would see it was the penalty in minutes for each guy. There you go. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I just remember that right now. I did not remember Before that, so yeah, that's uh, that's the spirit in LNH. But and, I mean, and that's the thing, and they're openly promoting this. So what happens is um, LNH is well, especially now, it's sort of it's there's a media uh, blackout on LNH. There used to be games on RDS. Yep. Um, But it was explained. I, I had I, I heard that not too long ago by an actual RDS uh, reporter who said, um, "Yeah, the network just did not like when it got out of hand, and they stopped. There was like a boycott. That's what he called it—a a media boycott on LNAH. So whenever LNAH or any semi-pro uh, team." is in the news. It's for the wrong reasons. Um, they do not, the media, even the local media, does not really talk about the day-to-day operations of every team and, oh, this player got traded and whatnot. No, there's none of that. When they talk about it, it's, it's just if there's something very bad that went on, um, So I don't, I, I can't recall where I was going with that. But uh, if you can remind me your question, I, well, I, I, I guess my, my comment is that. Well, one of my questions would be like, so you're in Sherbrooke, your local news, you're watching the Sherbrooke, the Sherbrooke local news, and we're watching the weather, and now it's time for Sherbrooke Sports and your local cable company. They're not showing LNH highlights of the night? No, and if they do, it's, um, it's because it went bad. Uh, there's actually on YouTube, there's a, a CBC special or whatever about the Saints. It's a, 
Yeah. The Toronto guy that just talks about, talks down on us, even mocks like, uh, whatever, man, the food, the accent of the people, and oh my God, this is so bad, it's condescending. So if they talk about it, it's, it's in that way. So, um, yeah, they better not talk about it. Also, where I was going with that is the teams, when they have to publicly speak about something that happened, they have to condemn, they always do that. They, they do condemn like, oh, uh, the violence and the hockey and we're trying to get things under control, but you know, the, those lines they throw, but <laughs> every, every, every weekend when a team gets a hold of a tough guy, let's say to sign him, they put up like, uh, on whatever social media or uh, even back in the days, there were like websites, old school websites. The oh, teams yeah. would like say, okay, they would have like a, uh, photoshops with, uh, whatever tough guy, like, uh, on it. And this guy would be photoshopped fighting the other guy from the other team. And, you know, it's, yeah, they do promote it among themselves, but when they go public, they have to, they have to paint their, uh, you know, their violence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, so this is, that's always, it's kind of like they're talking on both sides of their mouth, right? It's like, you know, on one hand, they're trying to condemn it and we're trying to be a, a feeder league or whatever. And then, and then on the other yeah. hand, like you said, we were just talking before we got on air, like Parker and Swanson are playing tomorrow night in St. George and you're going to it. And Laval's sitting there promoting For that sure. they're coming, right? So. Sure. You can, oh yeah, sure. This is, this is the name of the game. I mean, they. Yeah, they they do still promote they they do still promote it that way because I mean L- the uh, the LNAH of today is the closest thing you will get in hockey to the LNAH of old. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. So you have to make do with what you you have. I mean, yeah. Well, uh, and again, we'll we'll go back to to that because uh, if we're talking. Like uh, uh, actual leagues, like that are that have former NHLers and whatnot. Of course, the LNH of today is the closest thing you will get to the LNH of old. But if we're talking all leagues of all um, levels, Senior AAA is. <laughs> so yeah. Well, yeah. Well, yeah. So let's get into that. Uh... For those out there, the list, they, of course, the LNAH, I guess, whatever you want to call it, that's the, that's the main league in Quebec, the LNAH. Um, but underneath that is the AAA senior league that you're referring to. Um, what are yeah. the, what are the, like, it's the LNAH, and then what is it? It's like LSQP or something. Like, what is it? The initials? Uh, the initials exactly are LHS. Triple AQ. So, okay. Uh, this is uh, for this is basically this would translate Quebec Triple A Senior Hockey League, basically. And this league used to be called uh, LHSAM, and before that, it was uh, the it, it, so basically it's the feeder league into LMH, right? 
Yeah. Um, before that, I cannot tell right now what was the, the, the name of it, but it always existed and it always fed into into LNH. So the AAA is where there is there still is craziness around. Uh, this is even more uh, boycotted. Like if we're talking to, about the media and whatnot, like there's there is except for cell phones, nobody actually films these these games or not that I know of. Uh, so this is what uh, you, I have a YouTube channel uh, that that documents it, like not documents, but I film the fights mainly and whatever I go to one of these games and yeah, basically th- these are smaller towns also. And uh, the people, I don't know how to, to, to explain that, but it, it's rowdier than actual LNAH. I would say it's close to what the LNAH used to be. Um, so, you know, conversations before the game is always like, oh, who's the new guy? And who's the, who's um, I don't know, who's the, the, this team sign? And uh, who's going to fight who? And, it's it's just that, and you know they they have booster clubs from the other team, and you know shit happens in the stands, and players get into it with the fans, and it's just general craziness. I think like they still manage to get like four fights a game. You can't tell because droppergloves.com still down, but uh, yeah, it's uh, I'd say three to four fights a game. Uh, if there's no fight in the game, I, I mean, I've seen I've seen it happen maybe once uh, in five years. Uh, so this is you know this this league is something else. There's always bench clear involved, maybe fifteen a year. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I I sent you a, a few yep. a few uh, a few videos of it like. And this is just run-of-the-mill stuff. Yeah, no, exactly. So, and, and for those listening, I am going to put Fratois, I'm going to put his YouTube channel. I'm going to put the link in the description here of the show. So click on it. He's got some great shit on there. I'm telling you, you guys will dig it. And now a message from our sponsors. This time of year, everyone's talking about making big changes, which is all well and good, but most of the time, pretty unrealistic. I know myself, like most people, I'm going to work out more. (laughs) But I've actually found that the smallest changes to your routine can make the biggest impact. In the same way, you don't have to break the bank to make big deal purchase. Even the smallest things can be part of a big change. If it's something you use every day, like my Raycons, Raycon is a premium audio at the perfect price point. You can build great habits without breaking the bank. Yeah, just throw them in your ears, jump on the treadmill... Makes makes the workout go a lot quicker. You can listen to your favorite podcast. Hashtag enforcer-based podcasting. Uh, but whether you're looking for a pair of everyday earbuds, low-latency gaming headphones, or a speaker with a battery that'll last all night at your next party, Raycon's got you covered. And yes, Raycon started half the price of other premium audio brands. So you don't have to choose between products. You can get one of each or a pair and a spare and still pay less than you would with, the, with some of the other guys. If you have multiple pairs of everyday earbuds... Throw one in the gym bag. Throw one at your desk at work. Even if you know you'll love your Raycons as much as I do, Raycon wants to make sure you feel great about your purchase. 
They offer a buy now, pay later options. Every purchase has an easy and free return, guaranteed. Yeah, I've always found, I've had numerous different earbuds over the years. And I always have trouble fitting my ear for some reason. But the Raycons, actually really good fit. And the best part is they are actually, and I know firsthand, they're actually sweat, water and sweat resistant. Get ready to buy something small with big impact. Go to buyraycon.com slash THPN today to get 15% off your Raycon order. That's buyraycon.com slash THPN to score 15% off. Buyraycon.com slash THPN. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Um, in terms of this double A league, or the triple A league, pardon me, that you're talking about, um, off the top of your head, do you know how many how many teams are in that league? Uh, right now, I, I, it's eight. used to be nine, and there used to be seven, too. This is a very unstable league. You know, some of these. Some of these teams begin the year, but they don't end it. Uh, but it's it's always around eight or nine. Uh, you have smaller teams that use uh, smaller towns that used to 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 have uh, bigger uh, bigger LNH teams like Granby is the closest market to mine. It's the one I attend the most games of. Uh, Granby used to have a a team in the LNH before. I, I don't know their name, though. <laughs> that was uh, Lake Gates played there, yes. so they yeah. do have like a history of uh, oh, they do have a history of uh, hockey fights, and I, I recall they like their fighters uh, out there, and uh, I they even had a uh, a night with George Rock because he he had won the memorial the Memorial Cup at Granby in Junior in the Q, so uh, he was there, and people just love their enforcers out there. Uh, so yeah, this is, and there's Granby, there's the, the Nakana, there's, there's a team in, uh, 12 yeah now, uh, which used to have an LNH team, uh, and a few smaller, smaller towns that, uh, that have oh. their own team. So, so sometimes it's like 400 people in the arena and, and the barn is packed. So it's, it's small budget. They're running on small budget. Yeah, I was going to say, when you go to the games in Granby, they're getting about four or 500 people. Granby draws the biggest, uh, I'd say it's a, uh, usually around 1,000. Yeah. Um, but this is, uh, this is the exception rather than the rule because usually the small, the ranks are small and, uh, 400 people is back. I'd say, I'd say most teams they draw, I'd say, 400 to 700. Well, that's not, that's so, not bad. So, LNH draws, uh, they run on it. They, they, they pay their players and they're tough guys and it works. So, why not? It's, uh, yeah. it's a good show. <laughs> Still is a good show and, uh, makes people, uh, get up often to see what's going on on the ice. <laughs> Now, do you know, yeah. do, do any of these teams, like, when we talk about the feeder league to the LNH, like, is, um, like, are these kind of, uh, what's the, like, are they, are, you know, are, like, are they farm teams to the LNH? Like, does Graham be not Laval, or is it just whoever wants whoever? No, so this, it doesn't work like a, it, uh, like uh It's not like the NHL, AHL, AHL kind of thing or anything. No, it doesn't work like that. In AAA, it is mostly uh, they're going to have local 
vocals playing for them. Yeah. Mostly. Uh, sometimes not, but most of the time they're trying to get local guys. And AAA, by the way, is usually, this is where players go when they don't want to travel. Uh, when they don't want to travel in the age. So, um, there's, you know, so yeah, there, there's some decent players playing there. That's for sure. Uh, but I, I would say the level is definitely under LNAH. It's still like, it's not a ridiculous level. They have guys, uh, LNAH band, there are players from playing, uh, for the ECHL team in Colombia and, um, and, uh, now they have AAA guys doing it. And, uh, it's not, it's not like the guys can't skate. Uh, it's just, uh, it's just mostly local guys and, now there's like rules that prevent LNH players from playing AAA. Uh, LNH is doing a bunch of stupid stuff. I, well, I, I mean, I say they're stupid. I'm not in the know of everything that's going on, but from an outsider's perspective, this seems like they're shooting themselves in the foot often. So yeah, they, they have rules against, uh, AAA guys coming into play. Uh, playing in LMAH. And no, the teams are not like Laval can take any, any guy they want in the, in the Quebec Micro ecosystem. Except they have draft, not draft lists, but they have protected lists. Yep. So every year there's a draft and they can, they can draft a guy that's either from juniors or NHL even. Or they can draft guys in AAA and try to make them uh, convince them to come play in LNAH next year. So yes, it works like that. Well, so in the in the AAA league this year, um, like give us some names. Who would be kind of the who who are the kingpins heavyweights, the number ones in the AAA league? So a few guys that people uh, may may know uh, from. Past uh, LNAH times would be Sebastian Sebastian Lefarian. Um a guy who also plays for Tetford um, this season. Uh, today, uh, no, uh, right now he plays for Florida, and uh, so that's that's one of the that's one of the most popular guys out there. Um. So another guy that's a blast from the past that that's trying to come back this season is Corey Holland. Yes. And uh, they tried him out at, in Hong Kong, LNAH. Um, I think they figured he he needed some time to adjust. So now he's playing for the the team that plays uh, right right besides Hong Kong. It's the uh, it's Terbonne. I, I don't know. I, I will struggle with these French names in English. <laughs> he plays for uh, the team in Terbonne. Um, I don't think he played that much. Uh, yeah, I'm just seeing right now. 50 pims in two games. Yeah. Two games, 50 pims. Uh, yeah, there's some crazy shit going on in, these, in this league. Uh, so this is one of the most 
known guys to your crowd. That's well, to our crowd. That's for sure. Um, I would say though uh, that the toughest guy in that league is uh, is the guy named uh, Guillaume Weger. Uh Not very well known guy, and because uh, he did not go up at NHL or ECHL and and these leagues that much, but. He's a long-time guy that played LNAH and did not really fight in the golden days. But for some reason, whenever uh, whenever I saw him fight in the last season, uh, there were open fights, and the guy was very intimidating. He does not fight that often, though. But um, most of his fights are, you know, the old rating system of uh, drop your gloves. I would, I would say he's got an average of seven or something like that. Very open fighter. Uh, got brutally killed, though, um, a few years back by a guy named Julian Prue. Julian Prue made the flame pre-camp, I think, preseason camp. Uh, an absolute monster, but he, he stopped playing very quickly. I think he was 21, 22, and uh, called it a career. So, sadly, we're missing out on this guy in PLNAH right now, I think. Uh, so yeah, Guillaume Veille is that I think would, if he were to fight every game, would be the guy, the main guy. Um, so other names that were in the LNAH, uh, there's Cedric Vero. Yep, that was there. Uh, uh, I in my in the years I was not watching it too much. Uh, this guy has been doing that forever. Um, I mean, I'm not his biggest fan as a, let's say, technique-wise or uh, anything, but the guy is uh, over 40 and still does it. So, I mean, he may he may be onto something in order to keep his, uh, his career going. So, I mean, he's still among the guys that, that, that are regulars in uh, this league, number one guy, you know, and... Uh, uh, gets his uh, fair share of fights, do one or two a game, and uh, yeah, these are some of the names. Uh, I, I don't know who else to talk about. There are guys that I know, but I'm not sure anyone anyone knows. <laughs> well, let's well we'll move up to the LMH. I mean, I know obviously you follow that league as well. Um, would you say yeah. Would you say Belmar is the is the champ? Okay, so I have a different take on it. Okay. Uh, Belmar, you know, is uh, the first guy that, 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 that he taught me uh, that the, enfor- the role of the enforcer exists. So uh, I have, like, a soft spot for the guy. I think he's, I think he's, um, I mean, he'll, get, he'll have the best uh, win-loss record, that's for sure. Um. So I think what happens with him is that there's just no competition for him. And uh, he's obviously the number one, uh, the top one, I think. He's the best fighter in this league, that's for sure, or like the strongest dude. Um, I do, however, uh, think that uh, his fights are not the most entertaining. Um, It's probably not because of him, it's probably more so because uh, guys are 
I would not say afraid, but um, they're a little bit stressed uh, when facing him. He's a lefty, and he has this way of getting into the fight that's always the right time for him and getting the first punch in, and then it's over for for, uh, anyone that tries him, basically. So right now, he's the main guy. The guy to beat, that's for sure. Yeah, and uh, well, I mean, yeah, um, yeah. Go ahead. I'd even, I'd even add that uh, uh, what got me back into like uh, watching LNH was Laval when they had PL three and uh, and Bordalo, and uh, Bordalo had a fight with Belmore, and uh, I think it was like a draw or something. And Bordalo is that guy that was uh, in the NHL, and he went with McGratton toe-to-toe like twice or even three times, I can't recall, and got slightly edged by by McGratton. So, I mean, if Belmar is going to draw to a guy who is arguably top two, top three in the, LA, in the NHL, I think there is just no competition in Quebec's and Mipro. So, yeah. yeah, well, and that's my and, take and, on it. And Bordalo's back. Yeah, Bordalo's back. So that's a that's a controversy in itself uh, right now, especially among the Val fans because uh, Bordalo was playing for Laval and he was fighting quite well too, and playing quite well, and he got some uh, problems with the law, and uh, we we lost him for. I think it was in 19, 2019, 2020. We lost him for the remainder of the season. And uh, when he came back, he, he announced to everyone on Facebook that uh, he can't fight anymore. Uh, the doctors won't let him. And uh, so the fans were, I mean, it's, it's his health and his head. So, I mean, uh Personally, I did not think much of it, except that, okay, yeah, yeah so so what? I mean, there's other guys willing to do the job. And um, uh, now that he, uh, yeah, no, he got, he got into it with uh, the fans, or rather the fans got into, uh, into it against him for that. And during the summer, or recently, he got traded to uh, Jean-Pierre. And he's played. He's played, uh, I think now it's two, two weekends. And he's got into two fights. Yeah. So the fans in Laval, I think this is Friday. Um, either Bordelot comes to Laval, actually dresses up and faces uh, very rowdy fans, because Laval fans are the craziest by a country mile. Either he does not show up and the fans chant his name the whole game long. <laughs> so uh, I'll be there, that's for sure. Uh, I'm not saying I will be uh, taunting him or anything, but I, uh, I'll, you know, there's a show coming up, so I'll be there. <laughs> well, like you said, the river of uh, Derek, Derek Parker and, and Curtis Swanson being there. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Swanson and Bordalo. That's the fight I want to see. 
I'd like to see that. I, I think I'd like to see Parker. Yeah. Uh, Parker and I don't know. I think uh, both Parker and Bordy have. Uh, I'm not too ver- too well versed in like the let's say the artistry part of the fight, but I think Parker's style is just like a he swings from like two miles uh, and then he he throws everything in one punch and then. Uh, I, I'd like to see that against uh, against Bordalo for some reason. Uh, I think they they would make a great match. Uh, so I don't know. Yeah, it would be Swanson or Parker. So. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean you know yeah, Swanson's definitely going to be fighting somebody. I mean I guess they got Chris Cluche as well. I don't know if uh, Cluche will fight. Yeah, he might fight. We'll see. But yeah. Yeah, especially Cloutier, he used to be he used to play for Laval and I with PL three and uh, and Bordelow. Yep. And uh, ever since he, he was beloved by the Laval fans, Cloutier is a pest. He's that's his role mainly. Um, but you know, he went at it. He, that's what the Laval fans would call a number three guy or. Number two guy mostly, but he went at it. He he had like more more shifts than your regular enforcer. Like he he'd get two, three shifts a period and he would tear shit up. Make the game, you know, add something that would that would um make the game more interesting. Try to run a guy or uh, you know, face wash a guy after the whistle, and then all the players get, you know, there's a scrum, and that's his job, Cloutier. But he gets a fair share amount of fights. So we'll get into it for sure, and the fans will, the fans, they will, uh, they, they will make, like, fun of him, and, uh, they, when he gets through the penalty box, uh, the craziest fans are around it. They're throwing stuff, and uh, oh my god, this is this is, uh, this is something else. Well, and the thing with Cloutier, of course, he's been there. He's been in the LNH from the very beginning, which is just insane. I mean, he's been in that league for yeah. almost twenty years, and I mean, he's the all-time penalty yeah. minute leader. And it's like, yeah, he's uh, he's had a hell of a career in the LNH. That's for sure. Yeah, he, and you know what? Like, uh, not the best win loss record, but uh, he did the job. He did what he was supposed to do. Made yeah. games interesting. Uh, by far, the most hated player on the op- opposing team, all the time. So, hey, what what's not to like? <laughs> you say if you're hated, you're doing something right. Absolutely. Hey, what do yeah. you, um, as, speaking of in, in Quebec and, you know, a former NHL player and, I mean, uh, you know, he can put up the points, but he'll fight. Um, what do you think of Danik Paquette? Danik Paquette is my actual favorite player on, on Laval. So Danik is, um, he used to, he, he had even like, uh, AHL time. Uh, I think, uh, at some point with, uh, Hershey, um, great, great, good player. Um, if I'm going to talk hockey skills, I think what he lacked was, uh, was, uh, skating speed, but otherwise this guy is everything you would want. Uh, this guy fights, he hits, 
and he's got a fair share of suspension this uh, this season, uh, <laughs> trying to run guys all the time. Um, and he's actually quite the warrior because um, if if uh, a team like the team the team he plays for cannot line up like two enforcers, uh, this guy's playing first line minutes. By the way, more than a point per game. Yeah. He'll take over the enforcing duty, or he—it's at this point is it even enforcing when it's—it's it's like we're waiting. The fans are just waiting for that. Like it's—it's. Uh, it's, it's, I think uh, uh, I call it what well, people call it the show or the show. Um, it's sort of like uh, when they start the game, it's like all oh, the enforcers lined up, and you know, like. It's, uh, this guy's going to go with that guy and this guy's going to go with that guy. Well, when Laval can't trust two enforcers, Pocket goes. Pocket goes. That's it. He'll, he, he's everything you would want. Yes. Yeah. So, uh, so it's, yeah, it's, he's not there to fight, but we'll do it if necessary or if the game needs a spark. That's the, my favorite type of guy. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. Um, well, it just kind of, uh, you know, as we're kind of just talking about uh, current LNAH and stuff like that, I mean, um, you know, as, as far as the league goes, it's like you got Dave Hamel and, uh, you know, J.F. LaFrance from, of course, that was in Ice Wars. He's been in Ice Wars 1 and 2. Uh, he's out in Laval. I think he's actually, he got a six-game suspension here recently, so... Um, uh, Ken yeah. Auger. <laughs> nope, go ahead. No, 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 I was just laughing because uh, I recall the suspension, how he got it. <laughs> well, it was in a... He, just, he decided to cross the line during warm-ups. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it was a pre-game. Just and... stuff. Yeah, oh, yeah. Good, just like the good no old days. No zebras around. Yeah. No zebras. Yeah, no, exactly. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, uh, he's got the right. JF JF's got. I, I'm Facebook friends with him. This guy's got the uh, old uh, old age mindset for sure. Every day he's sharing a slapshot movie quotes, and uh, he's just into it for that. He's jacked. He's jacked. Yeah, uh, and this guy actually is from. Uh, I would call it like the the first batch of triple A guys that uh got into LNAH this season, they graduated. <laughs> uh so because for for a long time I think LNAH teams they relied on whatever guy they had and they were just holding on to this guy like um uh Sorel had the Lacker, David Lacroix for years now. And they were just like, okay, we don't have, we don't need to uh, to develop new guys. Uh, we have him, going to be here forever. Well, it turns out no. And by the way, this is very sad news. But Lacker is uh, is sick right now, so he's not coming back. But this season, uh, this season has seen a bunch of AAA guys come into LMAH. Uh, it's just sad that uh, you, you can tell that they were not developed as much 
as they used to be back in the days. Uh, I, I think some of these guys do struggle a little bit to be on like Hamel's level or Omar's level for sure. Uh, but they go at it. That's the most important part of it. Like they're, they'll get better. It's, you can't judge uh, them too negatively if it's their first year in that league and fighting guys that, that, that strong. Um, people are harsh against them sometimes. Uh, but I support them all the way. Triple A guys coming into the league, they're thrown into a number one role facing Dalmar. Uh, I mean, yeah, let's not get too, too tough on them. Like they, they know they, they know what they have to do. So LaFrance is one of these guys that that went from AAA to LNH season full time. Uh, there's um, there's Moraine in uh, uh, RDL. I don't know if you if you're familiar with the well Gelzulu or something. <laughs> yeah, so there's that guy too. There's Sibo in St. George that went in a triple A to LMH season. So these guys are bond are bound to replace the old guard, basically. So Well, and that's the thing. It's still, it's, yeah. It's still fighting in the tank. Oh yeah. Well and then for people listening that are just like, oh, why don't they go get Brett Gallant from the American League or you know, unfortunately this is where the LNH, in my opinion, fucked up. It, and it's, I don't know why they're doing this. I, I've a, I asked this question at Ice Wars to, uh, Dan, Danny Cote and, and JF LaFrance and, uh, and Simon and everybody from Quebec that was at Ice Wars. I asked them and they didn't, you know, they were just rolling their eyes too. Um, I don't know what, there was a few years ago they put the rule in. The only way you can now play in the LNAH is whether it's either to be born in Quebec or to have played Quebec Junior League. That's it. Okay. Yeah, well, um, I have seen the, the actual rule. Uh, I have it. I had it sent uh, to me by uh, email, and it's a little bit more lenient than that. Um, but it's, it's also very limiting. So there's, you have to be born in Quebec or... Uh, having played previously in the LNAH. Yes. Or you have to have played in the Q or in the, the league into, uh, under the Q. So I think it's AAA junior. Or you have to have played in a mar- uh, maritime, uh, junior hockey league. So the M, uh, is it the MJ? No, not MJHL, MAJHL. Yes. So the the league in New Brunswick, you can draft out of this league too, but this league does not necessarily have a lot of fighting in it. Um, and there's even another loophole that I've uh, that I've uh, got that, well that allowed me to look for name is guys that have played CIS University uh, level in Quebec. So. There's McGill, Concordia. There's three teams they can draft from. So it's getting complicated, and teams are not getting into it that much. Um, but there's a fair share. I did at some point make a list of all guys, ECHO, uh, SPHO, 
even AHL that would be allowed to play in the LMAH. And by the way, the Galah brothers, they played in the queue. They are absolutely eligible. Oh, yes. um, I just think I just think at that point in their career, they just I, I, I guess they just uh, think they they should stick in the the AHL, and that's all right for them. I mean, it's a good career, so they're well, having fine careers. Think, I, well, I think at this point, the LNH probably couldn't afford them. Yeah. Okay. So this is another thing. <laughs> uh, after uh, some team got in trouble with the law, I think it's in 2008. I'd say. Uh, yeah. I mean, the way teams pay their players and uh, this is it, it's got a little bit more complicated to hand out uh, a lot of money for these players. So uh, yeah. Well, yeah, because, well, and, and, the, and the trouble that you're talking about, of course, is off-the-book payments and not paying tax and that type of thing and playing, pl- paying players in cash or half their contract is on cash and half of it's on the books. And there was, there was, some, uh, yeah. there was some funny shit going on in the LNAH, we'll put it that way. But back <laughs> then, in 04, 05, 06, in like the glory years, as we were talking about earlier, the money was free-flowing back then, boy, and... Uh, Outside of the NHL, it was probably where you made the most money. So, yeah. Um, oh, I, I, I had a, I had a coach, a minor hockey coach. He was playing for the Saints. Uh, he had that as a career. I mean, a scorer, not a, not an enforcer, but like it was, it was enough money. So that's a teams were rich back then. Nowadays, uh, the budgets are are tightly, uh, tightly held. Yeah, and I mean, yeah, and that's the thing, too. I mean, and that's how you could attract all the names that you could back in the day with the money. But um, I was going to say, when back then, and there's always been, like, uh, <coughs> pardon me, the, uh, you know, um, the Hells Angels were involved, or the mob, you know, the Quebec mob was involved and, and all that stuff. When you would go to games... What was, did you, was there sort of a, a kind of a seedy, dark kind of, uh, what, what was the crowd like? Could you sense that there was some, some trouble there or was it, was it pretty good? Uh, I mean, usually pretty good. If there was trouble, it was with players and fans. Um, I mean, it was more, it, it was, uh, it, it's not the same crowd as it was when it was a, a QMJHL team, that's for sure. But I did not see, so you, you were talking about the biker gang. Personally, I have not seen them. Maybe they were not wearing whatever they're supposed to wear. I don't know. Um, but no, for me, it was just, uh, it was just, uh, uh, normal crowds. And uh, but I have like I I am aware of some stories that even before the LNAH I I've been told a story about uh, I was that that must be QSPHO um, it was uh, the team in Windsor PQ so that's very close to where I'm from uh, they had uh, they had a guy who was a well known. Uh, figure in the biker gang and there was some of their money poured into that and and 
Uh, they were playing uh, Saint Hyacinthe, and uh, Saint Hyacinthe was a rival biker gang. And uh, at that game, there were cops and there were armed bikers in the stand. So <laughs> that that surfaced in the news and everything. But uh, yeah, this is just uh, wild. That's from the nineties, though. This is way before the LNH. I was probably not even born. But I've seen the article about that. It's uh, actually happened. Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um... <laughs> well, one of, one, yeah. of the, one of the incidents that's been talked about, well, you're in the fight groups with me in the Enforcer Appreciation Group, and, and uh, uh, you know, we've seen the people talking about it, and he's a very polarizing figure, of course, is Donald Brashear, and, yeah. um, you know, had an excellent NHL career, contrary to some people's beliefs, um, and he did play yeah. in the LNH back in the day in the lockout, he played with Quebec Radio X, and he has since played a bunch yeah. of years in the LNAH after he got out of the NHL. But he is actually playing, uh, I guess, would it be double-A senior hockey this year? Okay, yeah, so he's playing what we would call senior A. Okay. So it doesn't make much sense, but uh, how it works in Quebec semi-pro leagues is there's LNAH at top, there's uh, AAA, that's the feeder league into LNAH. And those two leagues are Quebec-wide. And then there's multiple local senior leagues under AAA that, uh, that are very local. So, um, yeah. Yeah. So this is, uh, this is, uh, a team in which, uh, well, the team Bashir uh, plays for is the team uh, First Nations of Wendake, Uh that's near Quebec City. And uh, so he plays for them. They're the Blackjacks, the Wendake Blackjacks. And it's Senior A, and they were playing a team, a, it's a small village um, in, uh, in uh, Saguenay region. And uh, so we saw the, the footage, like it went all over the news here. Oh, former nature attacks, uh, helpless player. Well, it was almost like that, right? But, oh, yeah. Uh, when, the when the suspensions were handed out, I mean, the other guy also got suspended, um, which, uh, well, I mean, I did see an article. It was in French. It probably it, it probably wasn't translated into English, but the other guy was the first guy who threw punches. So, I mean, come on. You really want to get for sure uh, mad at you? Is that a good idea? This guy is not winning any Darwin awards, that's for sure. <laughs> well, and that, and that was my point in the group, because, because, of course, the video that hit social media... Just shows Brashear punching the shit out of the guy. It didn't show the guy starting the whole thing, and of course, every everybody right away has to get all over Brashear and oh, I always knew that asshole. He'd do stuff like that and whatever. And like I put in the in the group, I'm like, well, did you think the ass kicking just fell out of the sky? 
Like Brashear just yeah. decided, oh, I'm going to punch the shit out of this guy. You really think that's what happened? Or you don't think that this guy might have egged on the whole situation? And by the sounds of it, that's exactly yeah. what happened. Well, that was my uh, my take on enforcer appreciation. Yes. I made a post about that even before the, the suspension and the actual story came up. Came up, I said, "This is senior A hockey. Brashear uh, is by far uh, the biggest name in that league, and he's a legend. Don't you think some random guy trying to make a name for himself? Don't you think there's no one that's going to?" Walk up, skate up to Brashear and try to try something against him. I mean, I've worked in arenas for a while, and when it was uh, free, uh, free hockey, I don't know, like free, free roaming hockey. I don't know how you call that in English, but uh, whenever there was um, a local guy that played serious hockey that was in the arena, you would always have a bunch of uh, a bunch of stupid little shits trying to get into it with this, you know, serious player and, uh, just try, you know, so, uh, yeah, this is probably what happened. I, this, that was my take on enforcer appreciation. There's a fucking, a fucking jackass that decided it was a good idea to skate up to Brashear, throw the first punches and, uh, see what happens after. Yeah, not a good, uh, not a good idea. And uh, whatever people say about Brashear, <laughs> I mean, uh, you may not like his fighting style. I don't care about that. This guy has one of the most incredible win loss records. This guy was has played NHL for so long. He he's done MMA or whatever it's called right nowadays. Uh, I mean, not a good idea to, I don't want a Matthew Brashear, uh, against me. No, no, he's one of, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I've, I've always said, I've said this, I've said it on this show a million times and, and, uh, and their group and everything. I mean, you can say whatever you want about Brashear. You don't have to like him or whatever, but you got to give the devil his due. I mean, the guy was one of the best to ever do it. And he had a, um, you know, almost a thousand game NHL career. And so yeah. I don't, I don't know to, uh, you know, to sit there and say he sucked and he wasn't any good. Well, you sound like an idiot, you know, like, yeah, I don't sure. like Brashear. I'm not a fan of Donald Brashear's. I don't like Brashear, but I'm not going to sit here and say he sucked. He sounds stupid. Like, no, he <laughs> didn't suck. And, and he won way more than he lost. And, uh, the one thing I've always said about Brashear that I actually res- uh, that, that I respected about him was when the lockout happened in 0405 and and all these guys went to Sweden and you know whatever in Switzerland to play Brashear went to the LNAH like I know like that's the craziest thing ever like you talk about skating in with a bullseye like here's the one of the yep. NHL kingpins goes to the LNAH and every guy and their dog is chomping at the bit to fight him because they want to make a name for themselves, you know. Yeah. And the league stacked back then, like every team's six, seven guys deep, and and this guy's, you know, forty seven games. He has fifty points. He has two hundred and sixty minutes. Has twenty fights. And this is in a lockout year. I mean, I know Quebec Radio X paid him a ton of money, but I mean, still. 
to go down and do that is unbelievable. He didn't have to do that. No. For sure, he could have uh, gone for uh, uh, easy, well, I don't know if you can call it easy, but like he could have gone to whatever, Switzerland League or whatever, and uh, uh, score a few goals and uh, not get hurt in a fight and come back in full, uh, full sh- you know, in the best shape of his life the next year after. No, he decided to go into uh, play for his local team because uh, he was born in the U.S. and he was raised in Quebec City. So uh, that's his local team. Uh, he was playing with uh, uh, Dubé and, you know, he fought. And there's a bunch of videos on YouTube, but he, he fought some of the tougher guys that, that season. I don't think he caught, like, a lot of fights. But he's gotten he's gotten into the fights he had to get into, um, you know, first line player probably. So I guess you don't want to get hurt, or you don't want to. I guess the coaches don't want to lose the guy for five minutes. I don't know how. I don't know how exactly it works, but he did it. He did it all, and he's he's also gotten into a little bit of trouble uh during that year. I think he he pulled uh, he pulled up I this is this is really far in my mind, but if I recall correctly, he he beat a guy and he kept uh punching the guy when he was down. Um I can't recall who the guy was. I think he had like some sort of uh, uh Russian name or uh, oh, you know Glenn Kirkstad. Yeah Oh, that sounds more uh, Polish, but whatever. Yeah, I think that's the guy. It is. Yep. Yeah, he beat him in a line brawl really bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, you don't want for sure mad at you. And, no. you know, that's the moral of the story. Yeah. Um, uh, did you go to any games when he was playing in the league? If I went, uh, I did not. Uh, here quite well. Did you go to any games when he was in the league? Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, that's actually the first year my my dad brought me to uh, to the games, but I cannot recall seeing Brashear fight in Sherbrooke. I have no memory of that. Uh, but I have uh, clear memories of other guys on his team that season, especially that was my favorite on Quebec. Uh, Radio X is uh, Jacques Dubé. Yeah, okay. So that, and that's the thing. And this guy, like, again, Jacques Dubé, what an interesting story. Um, I believe he was a bouncer and he wasn't even a hockey player. And I think they just sort of found him and said, like, do you want to play? And, um, and he, and he played back in the old QSPHL and, uh, um, and he, and again, he played forever too. Um, how much of a fan, like that guy is just a fan favorite in Quebec. Like he's loved with Radio X. Um, what are your memories of Jacques? Uh, my memories of him is, uh, he wasn't, he wasn't much of a skater. You could tell. So, so, okay. So the whole uh, QSBHL to LMAH thing, um, you know, a lot of money was, was brought into the league and, and Obviously, so 
a lot of the these guys that were that were QSPHO enforcers, um, they were local guys, and the QSPHO was not that professional, and it was it was a good show, but it was you know it was less professional, and then it turns to LMAH, a lot of money, and former NHLers get into this league, so I think a lot of the enforcers of the old the QSPHO of the old league they got a little bit overwhelmed and they got uh, basically not thrown out but they um, yeah they got relegated to feeder leagues to, into the LMH Dube is one of those who who uh, who, who was, were able to stick around yep uh one of my favorites, I remember this guy, I mean, he'd get into a fight and he's not that good of a skater. He would just plan his skate. No defense and just throw. <laughs> just as simple as that. He skates right, right, uh, skates like, uh, planted in the ice and throw. And for the better or the worse, I mean, he does, he did not win all of his fights. Uh, but <laughs> what a fun rating, though. Uh, like, uh, I put up a fight of, uh, Dube on YouTube. Search for it and you'll see four out of five fights are toe to toe. Oh, uh, my, one of my favorites. Well, yeah, well, one of my favorites. Well, just throw it out there. Who are, who are some of the guys, uh, you know, in your in your LNAH fandom, who who were your some of your favorite guys? Well, to stay uh, in that team and in that year, Donald Rashir was not the only NHLer on that team. Uh, there was former Habs player Sylvain Blouin yep. playing that year. So another tough guy. I, I I do not know much of his pedigree. I just know he played in NHL was an, an enforcer um, and some. <sighs> Some of the other guys in that in the, that team um, that that were not, that were well known uh, is uh, Rémi Royer, uh, who who was a good player too, uh, and 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 uh, a tough guy. He had he had a lot of lots of uh, of minutes uh, in this in this league, not just uh, in the penalty box. Like he he was playing top pairing. So, uh, I mean, and that was a good time when each team had, like, five enforcers that were designated for that. But also the top pairing guys, a lot of them were tough guys, too. Or they could they could throw. They could throw him. So, Higuain was one of these. Uh, so, that's for Quebec. Um, they had a player that did not stick around too much in the LNAH, but that that used to be, uh, that used to, that, that's a legend in the feeder leagues, in the lower leagues. It's Ronnie Valentine. Yeah. This guy, oh my God, this guy, uh, um, I mean, he's done everything, every antics, uh, fight in the penalty box, uh, uh, fight multiple times. I don't know, like, all kinds of crazy shit. Um, so yeah, I like these guys too. These guys that were not necessarily the best, but they were the craziest. Um, so in Sherbrooke, we had a guy like that. It was JF St. Yeah. 
Um, this this is one of the specimens. I would call him that way. He's uh, I don't know if it was Ronnie Valentine, but J.F. Saint Laurent actually at some point he uh, he there was a lion brawl and Ronnie Valentine sure was in that lion brawl too, and uh, they were they were thrown into the penalty box, and you know the zebras they go away, and all of a sudden you see uh, J.F. Saint Laurent he he jumps uh, across the, the the glass falls into the announcer's uh, booth and <laughs> uh, escalates into the other uh, penalty box and just they have a fight there and they fall on the announcer and it's just crazy and this is just madness. So I think there's a video of that on YouTube. Uh, yeah, so crazy specimen. Uh, I could go on and on about the guys that that uh, that era. And now a message from our sponsors. NBA fans, it's time to bring the hoops action to the palm of your hand with the DraftKings Sportsbook, the official sports betting partner of the NBA. This week, new customers can bet five dollars and win two hundred dollars in free bets instantly. Plus, for a limited time, all new and existing customers can can get a no sweat same game parlay. Every day, go to DraftKings Sportsbook app today, opt in and place the same game parlay on the NBA game. If it doesn't hit, you'll get your free bet back. Keep your eye on the Golden State Warriors, folks, the defended champs. They're healthy. They're starting to move. They're climbing the standings. Always keep an eye on them with Curry and the boys. Yeah, they're a pretty solid bet. But download the app now and sign up with the code THPN. New customers can bet $5 on the NBA and get $200 in free bets instantly. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NBA with the code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. And now back to your regularly scheduled program. Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, just like you were saying on that Quebec team, I mean, you know, you had Brashear, Blue Ann and Royer and um, Jason Hamilton and Dubé and yeah. Chad Richard, Jason Payne. I mean, you know, uh, Jason Boyley. I mean, it's just on and on, right? With uh, with guys. Yeah, um, Sherbrooke, Sherbrooke had a bunch also that I that I recall even more than the others because because that was my local team and uh, so we had uh, players like uh, Maxwell. You know, he was out of the AHL and uh, he was the, probably the, the the guy that got the most fights. Yeah, um, not necessarily my favorite fights, but. Dude was taking a regular shift, especially when he first came in. And he was in, in decent shape, and uh, he got all kinds. He was facing, I mean, the, the fans were a little bit rough on him because he had balance issues, so at the end of fights, he would always, not always, but he, he would go down with the guy on top of him. And uh, fans are a little, sometimes they're a little bit, uh, they, they don't know much, I think. <laughs> And uh, they they felt like Maxwell lost the fight, but I mean Maxwell would punch the guy most uh, most of, for most of the fight, right? Uh, and they would feel like he lost any anyway. So uh, no, uh, Maxwell got into the, the he fought the strongest competition. I think Sherbert treated him as their number one guy. Uh, he if if there was a guy that went against Ariel, the animal, it was going to be Maxwell first at least uh so 
yeah, Maxwell was there. We had Brad Wayfield, uh that you had on the show that uh that was a great guest. Yes, he was. Um, yeah. Yes, I remember I remember a few of his fights. Um uh I I have like a a memory of him getting thrown out of the game uh with uh no uh not, like yeah, he was in uh bare chested. Yeah, that's what the word I was looking for. So bare chested gets thrown out of the game. Uh yeah, a bunch of guys like these and uh Simon Robita actually from my hometown. So I I have a I have a relationship with him. He's a teacher, and he he hired me for uh, for uh, one of his class uh, one of his classes. Uh, so uh, I it's a little bit complicated to uh, to uh, to explain, but basically he's like a history teacher, and I I had a little bit of studies in that. So I came into his classes and. Uh, uh, I taught the kids. They were like high school, uh, like uh, I'd say, tenth grade, eleventh grade, and yeah, good guy, very good guy out outside of the ice, that's for sure. Um, one of the local guys from the QSBHL that stayed, that that was able to stick around. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, yeah, and he yeah. did. It, yeah, he did it for a long time, and um, yeah, he and I mean, he definitely had his fair share of fights as well. Um, yeah, one of, one of the guys, of course, um, in the season that we're talking about, kind of that 0405, that lockout Brashear year, but, um, uh, you, of course you had Sasha Lakovic and Frank Bialois came to Sherbrooke for a few games, but another guy that was on the team and we were talking about Dubé being a legend, um, again, is definitely a legend in that Quebec fight scene, uh, with Mike Bro. Mike Bro, Oh Yeah. Mike Bro, okay, so I haven't, like, I personally, I have not seen much of him, like, uh, in person. Um, Mike Bro is a legend, QSPHO all time legend, for sure. And he had, I think it was early in the year, he, he, he played a little bit for sure, but, um, I do recall the fans, cause I, I, I was not that savvy in terms of, like, enforcers at that time. But I remember the fans, uh, they were not that uh, impressed, sadly. I mean, I, I, I'm not the one saying that. They were. Um, so I don't know. I don't know what happened with him in uh, Sherbrooke. Uh, yeah, uh, but he did play. He did play, and he, he his career ended with uh, a brutal KO in the, in the feeder league uh, that at that time was named uh, LHSAM. So, and it was one of the, he got absolutely KO'd by uh, Sam LeVake. Sam LeVake, who uh, after that made a name for himself and went on to be up till today uh, uh, an enforcer in the VDF Blue for the 3L. So that's what I remember of, of Bro. I mean, I think he's got a season in which he had like 500 penalty minutes. Oh, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, one of these. Uh, I was going to say. He's one of these crazy guys. Yes, yes, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say with Mike Bro, uh, uh, friend of the show, Yuka, um, who, who puts together fight complex DVDs and stuff. Um, one of the projects he has been working on forever has been a Mike Bro DVD set of all of his fights. Oh my God. And Ooh. I know, and he said even, cause he has the drop the glove stuff. He said there, he had, there had, there was a hundred plus fights that weren't even on drop your gloves that he know that he has, that he knows about. Mm-hmm. And I want to say his, his total, the last time I talked to him about the project is he had over 600 fights of Mike bro on tape. That is crazy. Yeah. Six, listen to that again. As I said that right, people folks, 600, 600. And I believe it's actually the number was closer to 700. And he thinks he's missing about 60 still. So, yeah, you just, um, yeah, insane how, how long that guy did it. Insane. Yeah. Yeah, there was a guy like, like, like that, uh, uh, in the Laval environment, Danik Lassard. Yes. Uh, who, who, he claims, well, I think he drank, he, uh, he claims he had 494 fights. Yep. And, and he adds, that were registered because there's more that, that uh, whatever league he was and simply did not register them. So uh, he, he wanted to aim for 500 and then call it a career. Uh, but he got, uh, he, he was shot and um, uh, he was shot by a guy who was released early from jail and he got into I wouldn't call them politics, but like he, he, he definitely, uh, he went out all over the media and was represented by his lawyer, uh, Jamie Linos. Yep. Uh, they went on the news. They were like, uh, yeah, we want tougher sentences uh, for people like that. And yeah, and whatnot. So that's, uh, yeah, that was hard. It's, I mean, he's, I think he still dreams of getting 500 registered fights. And you know what? Like he, he's, he's do well, he's done rehab, like a physical rehab and, uh, he's 43. I see him often at the uh, Laval, uh, Laval games and he's, he's doing well. I mean, like he doesn't seem to have any hindrance. Uh, so, uh, if Corey Holland, can try to come back at 46, 47. Why not Lassard get, get, why not give a chance uh, to Lassard for reaching 500? Laval, are you listening? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, then that's, that's another guy whose fights were mostly entertaining. Maybe not the biggest guy, maybe not the guy with the best win loss record, but entertaining. Oh, yeah, Danic Lassard was great. Again, anybody listed, yeah, look up Danic Lassard fights. You will not be disappointed. Him and Louis Bedard yep. have a tremendous, actually, tremendous fight. Oh, yeah. He, uh, Lassard was awesome. I'm a huge Danic Lassard fan. Yes. Um, Are there any other guys you have questions about? Well, I was going <laughs> to say, I mean, you know, we've talked here for a while. I don't want to take up your whole night because I know you're, you got some, you got stuff going on, but, um, just as we're, we're sitting here kind of wrapping up, I know everybody likes, uh, you know, with this show, I always do lists and, the, you know, the five toughest New York Rangers and the blah, blah, blah and all that stuff. 
Um, just as a as an old L and H fan that you are, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Um, if oh. somebody, if somebody said you're in the L and H uh, throughout the years, your top five, who, uh, your your top five uh, best guys, who who would who would they be? So you want to know like uh, the ones I think would win the most fights, or my fav- my personal favorite guys? Well, not your favorites, but I mean just. Like if somebody said, who are the five, or like they always say the Mount Rushmore, you know, the four best guys. Oh. Who's your Mount LNH Mount Rushmore? We'll put it that way. Who are your, the four faces of the LNH Mount Rushmore? Okay, so I will have to, I will have to say Joel the Animal Fairy. I won't be, I won't be, uh, I'll, I'll do like uh, all the other ones, probably, but so. Joel the Animal Thario, yeah. for for the legend that he is. I mean, uh, he everyone knows him. Not just LNAH people, but not just hockey people. Like uh, Joel Thario is somebody that is well is kind of well known uh, in the minds of people. Uh, so. Yeah, he's one of the most important guys to have laced him up in that league. Um, I'll say another guy that's really well known is Steve the Boss Bosse. Yeah. Um, so I guess I guess I'm going to name guys that are actually locals because like maybe like the fans they 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 like them even more for that. I don't know, but uh, yeah, definitely. Ferio and Basse are probably the most well-known uh, LNH enforcers outside of the LNH ecosystem. Um, amongst the other players, I'd have to throw in uh, John Marasti. Yeah. Um, he hasn't been in LNH for, I, I don't know how many actual games and seasons he spent in the LNAH, but I know that if you bring his name up into any LNAH related conversation, people know exactly who he is, how he fights. Uh, they probably know exactly his height and his weight. Uh, very well known guy. Uh, when it was uh, last year, I think it was last year, and Laval was, was taunting the fans like, oh, we found a number one guy. And, um, yeah, and the, fa- the fans were like, oh, this is nasty. Nasty is back. And they were making memes and photoshops and that and whatnot. And turns out he was supposed to come, but, uh, he, I think he, de- I don't know if he just des- decided, but he, he was trying to get an acting career. Is that correct? And some, TV series, so he could not come, and it was it was Parker that came in, instead. Uh, yeah, well, Marasti, so, yeah, John Marasti ended up filming, yeah, the TV show Shorzy. Yeah, so definitely a legend, especially among uh, Sorrel fans. They still have their jerseys of the old uh, uh, the, the old team that they had there, uh, and it's mostly Marasti jerseys. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So 
Well, and for those Another wondering, guy I, I, I will name. I just looked it up. Murasti oh. played 120 LNAH games. So that's the impact he's had on the league yeah. in in uh, in 120 games. So yes, that's uh, that's a very big impact. Um, so my Mount, Mount Rushmore after that, I would put in Mike Barog. Probably a homer pick for a guy that was in Sherbrooke. Uh, definitely, definitely one of the most dangerous guys out there. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, one of the biggest. Uh, and finally, I would, I don't know if I, I I'll try to make, do something different here and go into like the, the um, more recent years, but, uh, one of my favorite guys in the recent years that I think is has a great win loss record and also a very very entertaining fights is uh, Gabby Rock. Yes. Yeah. Oh, Gabby! Gabby is uh, trying to recover right now of a car accident. Um, uh, Gabby, man, he's done it uh, for a while. I mean, he he arrived in the league right after the Golden Age ended. So, because I remember he was in Drummondville in the queue uh, around 2004-05. That year, I followed both leagues. Yeah. So, so he's done it for a long time, but he's still in the age. In an age, uh, yeah, but he can come back. And actually, he's done a comeback and a very successful comeback at that because he stopped playing in Laval uh, in 2017 when I was just getting back into it. And uh, he did not play for for a few seasons. And he came back last year with Sorrell. And uh, among the first fights that he had, he took down uh, Dave Hamel. And Hamel, he was uh, holding the belt at that time. And they got into a slugfest. Hamel got the upper end in the beginning. Gabby uh, scored a TKO win, my opinion, uh, in that fight. And uh, he, he was back. He was back in action. Uh, he lost the fight uh, to Balmar after, but he had, a, he had broken fingers. So... I mean, let's see what he can do. But for a long time, he was in here and he was alongside Penner and McMorrow. I've seen the videos. I was not following the league that much. But, I mean, the guy could go. I, I put Thurio on the Mount Rushmore, and Gabby could could stand to, up to him in very entertaining fights and long fights. I mean, he's got to be up there. Yeah, do you know do you know how bad his car accident was? Like, can he come back and play? Uh, okay, so Gabby is a Sorrell player, but he is also a coach in the AAA league. I think it's for Trois-Rivières. Uh, Either a coach or a GM. But I, I see him in, this ring, in that rank. So he walks around. And I've heard that he will be back in the lineup in February so that he can be allowed to play in the playoffs. So he's not ready yet. They're going to dress him and not play him. 
um, because in the LNAH, they have to have, in order to be eligible for the playoffs, they have to play, I think, uh, five games before a certain date in, uh, in uh, February. So he's probably going to be back by the playoff time. So, yes, I hope so. That, yes, because Sorrell, they just lost their enforcer to an actually very bad uh, uh, illness. So, well, yeah, yes, I mean, uh, you know, before we leave, and I know that's kind of a obviously a close subject for you. Um, I know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, it's been put out online, so we're not, you know, we're not spreading secrets or anything. But I mean, um, uh, yeah. I'll I'll let you, you, you want to share the information and uh, about uh, yeah well I can I yeah I can share the information that that that's already publicly available because what happens is uh, they lacquers uh, that we're talking about David Lacroix and uh, he's a seasoned Sorel uh, enforcer he's thirty two I think I'm gonna look it up but he's around thirty two. And uh, he's, uh, oh, he's a little older. He's 35, 34. So he's from Windsor, PQ, which is very close to my hometown. And uh, my sister, uh, my sister's husband is uh, his cousin. And uh, uh, actor, he he knows my parents more than he knows me, that's for sure. They, they went camping with my sister and whatnot. So he's kind of close. I've talked to him a few times. And, uh, yeah, just recently he, he, up until I think it was January the 6th, he had a fight, he won it, everything seemed to be doing fine. And, uh, not too long after that, he, he said on his Facebook that he had uh, a, a very severe illness, a very aggressive cancer. And, uh, that was just a few days after. And, uh, I, I mean, cancer is always, uh, very bad, but I thought like he's, he's healthy, so he's probably going to beat it. But, uh, just recently, a few days ago, his coach, Kitan Deshan, former LNAH player, he put up a GoFundMe in which he said, uh, that, uh, it was like terminal. Yeah. So it went, it went very quickly. It's stage four. It's, uh, and, uh, Lacker on his own Facebook said he was losing autonomy. So, uh, they're trying to, uh, yeah, there's, there's a GoFundMe up. I mean, if we're going, I'm, I'm a, I'm on Enforcer Appreciation. I mean, people don't, not everyone likes David Lacroix, but he's an enforcer. He's been doing it. And if I'm, if I appreciate enforcers, I better, I, I better talk about that. So uh, this is why I made a post on enforcer appreciation. Uh, yeah, I just share the GoFundMe and, uh, if people want to chip in money, I don't, I, I, I think it's to give him treatment to, uh, not necessarily prolong his life, but more make it more comfortable in yeah. a way. So yeah. I think that's, um, that's what's uh, that's what's happening. If I click on it right now, they they have almost twenty thousand. Uh, 
and teams are chipping in money, like uh, Louisville AAA Senior League, Senior Triple well, A League, uh, chipped in just just chipped in a thousand bucks. So I mean, it's all it's a whole talk right now. I think uh, this uh, this weekend all see all senior uh, teams will have uh, will talk about that and celebrate him. I hope so. Uh, especially Sorrell is probably going to be uh, a big uh, a big thing over there. So yeah, that's um, yeah. a sad note to end. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, the, yeah note, I mean, not the not the not the greatest uh, kind of ending there. That, uh, but I definitely yeah. wanted I wanted you to I, I mean I wanted to shed some light on it and talk about it with David Lacroix. Unfortunately, with the with the terminal cancer and. Um, again, I will put the the link up to the GoFundMe in the in the description. Um, yeah, and I mean, like you said, thirty five years old, big in shape, tough dude, and uh, yeah, and it's un- yeah, and cancer. It's just uh, yeah, cancer yeah. sucks, man. He's and it, done it. He's done it the old way. David uh, learned how to skate. He was fifteen. And uh, he decided he was going to be an enforcer in Semipro and put his mind to it. And I remember, because, uh, uh, you know, he was, he was always, uh, yeah, I went to school with his cousin. And uh, this guy also got into Semipro. And, uh, yeah, we were talking. People were making fun, like, oh, he can't skate. And, uh, oh, uh, he's not good and everything. And, he when he first started playing for Sherbrooke, those, those were the years I would not go to the games, but I would hear what the other kids were saying, uh, and uh, I just assumed, oh, okay, he's bad. And uh, he he went back into the senior A and senior triple A league, and a few years after, came back into LNAH, uh, and he yeah, ever since he came back in 2014, he stayed there. You faced uh, the top top guys. Absolutely, no. So, and, and why not appreciate that guy? Um, uh, yeah, absolutely. Enforce appreciation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, and uh, for those, I mean, we've thrown it out. I'm sure people listening to this show, obviously, uh, majority of people know what I'm talking about because I, I reference the Facebook group quite a bit, but. Um, those that don't know, when Francois and I are talking about the Enforcer Appreciation Group, it is a Facebook group, and uh, and that's how I obviously got in touch with Francois. And we talked, and uh, and uh, we we have to we have to moderate the animals in the appreciation group. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, other than that, I mean, um, yeah, we 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 sort of can't uh, can't really leave on that note, but. Uh, um, oh, for those, I, I was saying, I was yeah. telling you, uh, well, this, this show is going to come out later. It'll already have happened by the time people are listening to this. But yes, Curtis Swanson just texted me back. He just, he just got off the ice with Laval from practice. So he will be in the lineup oh, yeah. against St. George. So he is there. And, uh, that, that'll, that'll be, uh, look, I'm looking forward to seeing him. I know he kind of uh, went right into the deep end there this year when he came, finally came back to the LNH and he had to fight Thomas Belmar twice. That's kind of a that's a that's a tough ask for anybody. And uh, so, but now that he's a little more warmed up and been skating. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing what the Cowboy can do this weekend. Yes, but uh, yeah, and um, 
uh, also uh, Hamel and uh, Parker. They have a they they have sort of a feud on each other's Facebooks. Yes. Uh, I, I, they I I don't know especially because Parker speaks French too, so they they get into it and they're sarcastic and uh, because Parker has the bell thing going on, and he says uh, he holds the belt and. Hamel claims he holds the belt, so I mean, yeah, they have a thing going on. I think I, I hope Swanson gets the fight uh, tomorrow, but I do believe Parker uh, will want it. So, and Parker, like he makes, uh, yeah, you can see his uh, his Facebook. He 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 always says, oh, I'm coming for Dave Amell and whatnot. Certainly, I love, I love Parker. Ever since he came back for, to the Bob, he's been great for the fans. Uh, he's uh, always there to sign autographs and take pictures with the kids. And got, The dude learned French. I mean, how committed can you be? Like, uh, yeah, he... Absolutely great guy. I love him. I I thought of putting him up on my Mount Rushmore, but uh, I did not because there was a toughest guy thing. So I think he would not win all of his fights, especially if I put Barad there. But he's one of my favorites for sure. Oh, absolutely, yeah, and. and uh... Yeah, he, he's uh, he's an entertainer, and he's a good guy, and I got a chance to talk to him at Ice Wars when he was there, and uh, a lot of fun to talk to, and uh, and then, and yeah. Curtis Swanson is, you know, I, I, I mean, I always joke that I, I'm like, Swanee's probably the nicest human I've ever met. Um, he's a great guy, too, and... Uh, It'll, oh yeah, it'll be it'll be fun to uh, to see him this weekend, and I'm glad they're back, and uh, you know, and uh, and yeah, and and Swanson's uh, he's getting ready for boxing. He's got some amateur boxing fights coming up, and he's been boxing all this time, and um, he's actually in better oh, yeah. shape now at 38 than he was when he, like he says, I'm in better shape at 38 than I was at 24 playing in Laval back in the day. So he's uh, he's pumped up and ready to go and in good shape. So. Yeah, I'm looking forward to uh, to seeing that. But uh, one name I was going to ask you about, and we're talking about, uh, you know, before we go, and we're Dubé and Bro and all these guys and legends sort of in the LNAH. One name that we didn't mention was Patrick Cote. Oh, I uh, yes, I I know who he is, uh, but I think I have missed him. Uh, I have missed, at least I have missed the best part of his LMAH career. I, I didn't see him like uh, play games with St. John. Um, I, I just cannot recall anything crazy about, about him. Uh, I know he was jacked. I know he was, uh, I, I know he's gotten into uh, trouble. Uh, I've seen his fights like uh, every other fight fan. I'm probably not the most well versed in. Uh, in uh, Patrick Cote knowledge, but what I can remember from the Saint John Chiefs of uh, that season in the up and coming Bosse, uh, I think something that's the year also he was there, uh, and yes, the Cote certainly certainly could have been on my mouth, Rushmore. 
if I had more uh, clear, if I had clearer recognition of uh, of his time. Uh, yes, I, he was not. I, I'm just looking it up right now. I mean, he did play uh, QSPHL at an age from uh, 01 till uh, 08, but some of these years, four games, 14 games, uh, I do not believe he was in every game that I saw of the Chiefs. I remember the Chiefs with Swanson, though. Um, yeah, and, that, yeah, well, yeah, Coach A kept getting hurt that year, and he unfortunately didn't play a lot of games, but, uh, yeah, he kind of had a rivalry with Jason Hamilton that year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Jason yeah. Hamilton. That's another name. I, I, I liked him but, uh, when I was young, Jason Hamilton. Uh, I think he was, he, I think he was a good hockey player to, uh, Jason. Or maybe I'm mixing him up with Jason Rushton. Not to, but yeah, yeah no, I, both these guys, I like them, but I think I'm mixing them up. I know one was a defenseman. I was looking at defensemen all the time. Yeah, Jason uh, Hamilton Jason yeah. Hamilton was the defenseman, and he was definitely kind yeah, of the, the tough, tough guy, goon type. Rushton could play a little. Rushton was a tough guy, too, but he could score, too. Rushton, Rushton was a talented guy. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well, two, the two guys. Uh, we're good players and tough fighters, and they did it often. Um, and uh, yeah, I like uh, I like the, the, they they both played for Quebec Radio X. Yeah. So this is where I think I'm getting mixed up a little bit, but yeah, uh, uh, they're among the top guys of that era for sure. Um, yeah. So. I, I remember other names like uh, Tyler Lawson oh, and uh, yeah. oh, the guy in Sherbrooke that was one of my favorites. This guy was named Steve Reed. Yes. Yeah. Steve Reed. Um, uh, <laughs> oh, my God. Steve Reed did not. He, I mean, I think it's because he, I don't know if he was facing like top, the top boss at that time, but. I remember thinking he was like the strongest guy, um, but I mean, he, I, I remember whenever he would he would uh, have a shift, I I would not I would not look at anything else. I was just looking at Steve Reed, and that guy, when he was on the ice, was looking to take runs at guys. That was automatic. He was hitting to hurt and uh, to be to to make other teams afraid. Uh, he was intimidating, and uh, I was I was telling uh, uh, my friend's dad uh, about that. Like, oh, I love Steve Reed. I like Steve Reed, and he did not like him that much. But he did. Uh, he had like a VHS of uh, ice. It was I don't know if it was named Ice Wars, but. There was sort of a enforcer tournament back in these in, in these years, and he faced Link Gates. Yeah, and uh, I think he beat him. He if did. I recall correctly, he did. Yeah, it was yeah. The yeah, first he did. He, it was the first fight of the tournament. It was the enforcers black and blue tournament. It was in Prince George in two thousand and five, and Dean Mayrad was the champion who ended up winning it. But yes, yeah, Steve Reed was in it, and he beat Link Gates. 
And that, and it's, it's, but for the, for people that are listening, in the last little while, if you've watched the Ice Wars pay-per-view, <clears throat> well, that was not new, folks. There's, there was events. This was the original event, just like that, where they wore helmets and MMA gloves, and it was called the Enforcer Black and Blue Tournament. And if you want to watch the whole thing, it is actually on my YouTube channel. I have the whole event on my YouTube channel, and uh, just type in Hockey Enforcers Pay-Per-View, and up it'll come. But yes, Steve Reed concussed Link Gates in the opening round. And I thought for sure, we all thought Link Gates was going to win that tournament and kill everybody. And here's Steve Reed beating him in the first fight. It was hard to believe. But yeah, Steve Reed was a tough yeah. dude, man. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> he, he wasn't that big, if I recall no. correctly, but he was, uh, he was, uh, he was definitely there at the right time and, uh, Got into it. He, he played his game. He played his game. He got two points. I mean, I remember uh, him scoring. So uh, maybe it didn't happen often. I don't. I don't know. But he did uh, he, at least once. So um, there's that. A uh, bunch of guys that I knew in that era that I that I loved. Uh, one was Manu Frechette. I think you like him too. Absolutely. Uh, I think he's underrated. I think he does not get talked about. Like, Louis Bedard style, I think, like, they, I think they got, they went unnoticed for some reason. I don't know. Um, and, but I can talk to you also about, like, a feeder league legend, uh, around here, like Simon Bizormo or Tommy Baljuk. Yes. Uh, these are guys that, that you know, the, 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 old time, the old-time hockey fans, they don't talk much, but we always talk about Nasty and the Animal and Bosse, but uh, there were guys that, that did it all, and they did it all for a long time, not necessarily getting noticed the, the most, but, like, if you add up all the leagues they played, all the teams they played, and all the, the penalty admitted they had, uh, some crazy amounts. You get the, like, uh, Tommy Baljuk, he, he came back this, uh, last weekend for the Nakana in the AAA league. Hey, he did something crazy. He jumped the guy and, and, uh, next shift, uh, Sebastian the Barrier. Jump, <laughs> Paul Duke's goalie, and uh, you know it's just AAA stuff. <laughs> well, yeah, and I know oh, man. I know from talking to you on the time. phone, and we've talked before. I mean, I know you're a big, uh, you know, you're a big proponent of that AA league, and uh, and yeah. I know, and like I said, with your YouTube channel and stuff, I mean, you got me excited about it. I mean, I was watching that channel for a while, and it was like. Um, yeah, there, there's still, there's still, like you said, there, it's like an old school. It's still like the old school LNH from back in the day. There's crazy shit going on in that league. Yeah, I would, I would compare it more to QSBHL of the end of the '90s because it's like three, four guys dressed up on each side just for that. Some of them are local and they, they're on trial basically, like they. It's a trial and error from the teams, and I don't know how they they looked them up or anything. Maybe it's like in the old days. In the old days, like uh, Jacques Dubé, the, the story is that he was a bouncer, and uh, well, I'm I don't know how Triple A keeps 
coming with these guys. But, like, it's as if sometimes they find a big guy in a bar and they decide to give him a pair of skates. So, it, it, uh, for what it is, I mean, it's a good show. Sometimes it's a little funny, but uh, definitely is part of our... Uh, part of my habits to go to these games and uh, every small town that has a triple A league is part of their culture I would say this is all uh, yeah this is culture <laughs> oh yeah abso- uh, absolutely um, yeah and like you said with, the, with back in that league I mean you had Linehouse and his brother and um, another guy L.P. Charbonneau and um, oh L.P. Charbonneau yeah, yeah, he has uh, five thousand pins. Yeah, oh, he's known, well, he's known as that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Jimmy Burns and Paul Shantz and Dan Tice and oh yeah, you could go on and on. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I, Paul Shantz, he 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 was celebrated in Laval, I think, in twenty twenty, and he he took his clothes uh, clothes up and uh, decided to to. Slide like a penguin on the ice, just putting on a show all the time. These guys were there for that. They were there for their team, but they did think of the fans and putting on a show and be entertaining. And they did it for us. So this is why this is why I'm a mod on enforcer appreciation. Me and Alec, I don't think we like uh, when guys uh, are disrespectful to enforcers. We like them uh, a lot. So I think I like them all. <laughs> Yeah, no, I'm right with you, and I and I'm, and I've always said with this show and uh, and online, and yeah, same thing in the group, and it's uh, you know, I mean, you know, everyone has their favorites and everything else, but I think at the end of the day, I'm you, you know, you, you got to respect the guys that went out and all of them that went out and did it, and uh, yeah, and uh, yeah, man, it, it was, uh, and then when you get in Quebec with the LNH and uh, and the feeder leagues and everything, it's uh, that's a whole different world over there. Yes, it's a whole different world, and for all of these guys, their NHL is the LNH. Yep. That's how it goes. They go senior A, they're, they're good enough, they get, they get some time in the AAA, and if they're good enough, there's a LNH team that tries them, and if they're good enough, they stay. So that's how it goes, that's how it, that's how it always went. No, absolutely. And, uh, well, I have one last question before you leave. Uh, one last question. If you were in charge of the LNAH, what would you change? Okay. So, uh, especially, well, obviously, I mean, is the uh, important rule for me. Yeah. Um, but I can explain to you the rationale behind it. Absolutely. Uh, behind the important rule. Some of the teams are, and they are a majority, they like that rule because um, uh, important guys cost a lot of money and uh, not all teams can afford it. So what they think is if we're making it impossible for every team, um, it levels up the chances or I don't know if I express myself correctly here, but like, it levels the playing field. Yeah. 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 So what happens in the LNAH is some teams are richer than others 
and also a big part of uh, attracting players is the traveling uh, makes it hard for some teams to convince players to come. So if you're a Jonquier or Yabulu uh, or uh, even Stepford and St. George, kind of far, uh, if you're importing guys from Ontario, let's say, it's five hours, six hours drive more than if they played in Laval or Sorel. Because those are the, the, the two teams that are close to Montreal. So if they were to be drafted and paid by Laval and Sorel, it would be easier to convince them to come because, hey, instead of a six, uh, yeah, if, if they're in Jonquier, it's a 10-hour drive. If it's in Laval, it's a four-hour drive. Let's say they're uh, I don't know, whatever place in Ontario. So, I mean, this is the rationale behind it. I, I've been, I've been explained that by someone in the Laval organization who would want the, the rule to be eased, at least. And every, I think there's every year a thread on LNH fan groups in which fans are like, at least one player per team, one player per team, one import, one one guy per team. Uh, we should allow, but I mean, it's just the fans uh, wanting that. I think most teams uh, they would be at a disadvantage if that were to to come. So this is what this is why it's safe. It's us. It's sad, but it's uh, it's like that. So. Yeah, yeah, I mean, well, and that was the thing, and that's what, I mean, that's what, I mean, I can see their point, because that's what got the league in trouble back in the day. I mean, you had Laval and all these teams spending, I mean, I think Laval at one point had a million dollar payroll, you know, I mean, they were throwing money <laughs> yeah. around like it was left and right, right? And other teams just couldn't compete with yeah. that, so, I mean, I could see their point. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, Laval right now, their owners, they made money. And that's going to ring uh, big bells uh, to anyone in the hockey fight community. Uh, the actual owners of Laval, there's all, yes, there's a, there's a guy in the gas industry, but there's also uh, Julian Remiard. That's the guy that's from the QSBHL. Uh, by he played a little bit in the QSBH. I'm just gonna look at him, look him up. He was a, uh, he was uh, a like a goon, and he likes to be called that way. So that guy played a, a QSBH. was an enforcer, but his family made money in the uh, the same uh, industry as AJ Galante's family. Uh, the, uh, waste management. This is the word I was looking for. Yep. They made money, big bucks, big, big, big bucks in the waste management uh, business. So the Remy Yard, that was his dad, Julian's dad, made a lot of money, but also was kind of a controversial figure uh, like regarding the law. Let's put it this way. So Julian, uh, you know, he he... He bought a bunch of media and, uh, in the 2000s and he, he, he's a very wealthy man. 
So obviously you have an owner like that who likes the hockey fighting, the enforcer. He's got an LMAH team. If there were to be no rules, I mean, his team would be stacked. Yeah. Um, so this is what makes the other teams afraid. Uh, right? So it's not just that, but it's the principle overall. If, you know, they make, they have strict rules in place because they want to level up the playing field. They don't want to make it that easy for the richer teams and the teams that are close to Montreal to rack up all the players. So, um, yes, this is, um, this is the rationale behind it. Do I agree with it? I mean, I think it would be a cooler league if every team was able to import an, an enforcer uh, and have the money to pay them. But, I mean, it is what it is. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah. That's exactly it. It is what it is. But, uh, well, Francois, uh, hopefully, uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah, hopefully the, your, uh, your listeners... Um, Actually learned something tonight about uh, about LNH. Well, yeah, like I talked about the rules, and like I said, talked about the feeder league, and and I hope people explore, like I said, your YouTube channel and kind of follow it. And uh, I mean, if you're just down for some good old fashioned hockey fights, that's that's the uh, that's the place to go for sure. Yep. All right. So man. it's FTM hockey videos on YouTube, by the way. There we go. Well, like I said, I'll put, I'll have the link in the description and uh, of this uh, of this episode, so people just go down and click on it, and uh, it'll take you right there. But uh, well, I want to thank you tonight for coming on the show. It was uh, I had a lot of fun. It was a pleasure for me too. So. Well, yeah, have a good evening. Oh, well, you as well. It was over. Well, like I said, it, uh, this will, uh, hopefully you'll come back on again. And, uh, we always like to have an LNH kind of round table and we'll have to, I know we'll get Alec involved because he's a massive LNH fan and, uh, we'll come up with some sort of round table discussion and I, hopefully you can be a part of it. All right. I'll, I'll be part of it. We'll yeah. Excellent. All right, man. Well, I'll let you go. You have a good night. Thank you very much. Yeah, you too. Goodbye. Take it easy. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 